feel very privileged to be able to come up here and feel very blessed, honored, privileged to be asked to be able to speak and to our church. I uh, appreciate Brother Shoshan, Sister Shoshan, um, for letting me get up here and speak what the Lord lays on my heart. Um, and tonight, uh, I want to talk about a message uh, called, This Day We Fight. Um, and so this is about uh, not only how to fight, um, that we will fight, but uh, three steps on how to fight. So, and we'll start with uh, Proverbs uh, 15:29. All right, so the, the three ways of fighting. So for this day we fight. So three ways of fighting, main ways, and our church is uh, engaged in this uh, as of right now, but those three ways are prayer, fasting, and the word. So we're praying uh, the 40 days of fire. We're believing uh, for that through the power of prayer, fasting, and the word. So those three things God gives us an advantage, and we're able to uh, press forward and see growth and see uh, uh, awesome things by these three uh, things. And you, you wouldn't think that these would be uh, anything that's far-fetched or anything, but these are uh, basic fundamentals, uh, basic spiritual disciplines and things, spiritual disciplines that... Uh, everyone should should have so daily these are daily things um, so we'll start with uh, Proverbs 15 29 so the Lord and this is I want to speak first about prayer uh, so first the Lord is far from the wicked but he heareth the prayer of the righteous so the first thing about prayer is that God hears our prayers um, so when God hears our prayers we have his ear so he's listening to us when we pray. Uh, he's not afar off or uh, not listening or ignoring, but God hears. So that would be the first point that I would say about that. Then I would go to uh, Matthew twenty-one eighteen. Okay, so, and this is Jesus teaching about prayer. So... Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing therein, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily or truly, I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea, it shall be done. In all things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. So there's, in the word of God, it teaches us that we are to pray, but also not only to pray, but have faith. So faith tied with prayer is what brings results. So the um, Bible says uh, when we come to God, 
we, we have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the first thing that God requires from us is that not only that we're praying, but that we're coming to God and say, God, I believe that you can do this. I truly have faith that you're able to answer my prayer. I truly have faith that you hear me, Lord, when I cry out to you. And that's powerful. So, um, and we want to go through uh, James 1, 5. Um, and if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea with a wind and tossed. So God calls and commands us to ask in faith. So in the next verse, so let not that man receive or think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So basically, he's telling us we have to have faith. Believe uh, when you come to God. Say, Lord, I believe that you're going to answer this prayer. God, I, have, I truly believe that you hear me when I pray. I, I truly believe that. And uh, if you have that genuine faith, God honors that. And he will respond and uh, answer the prayer. But if you, do, if you come to God and you're like, I don't know whether you're going to do this or not, uh, but I'm just going to, hey, I'll throw it out there. And that's, just, that's a step. But, but to really believe and say, God, I, I, I truly, I know that you're able to do this. I know you're able to heal my family. I know you're able to save my, the people that uh, are my neighbors or my friends. I know you're able to, to deliver them and help them find you. And truly have faith in that and say, I believe that, and God will honor that. Yeah. Um, and I want to go to James 5.13. Is any among you afflicted? Uh, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults to one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And this is speaking about Elijah or Elias. Elijah was a, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. So basically, the word of God teaches you the power of prayer. Elijah was just a man. He was a great prophet. And he did awesome things. But the Bible breaks it down very simply and says, Elijah was a man. He basically, he's stating Elijah was like us. We're able to, um, he's not so far above us that we're not able to reach that. But we can also come to God and pray. And when we pray in faith, God, uh, God will respond. And you'll see, when he prayed, God brought down the rain. So when you pray in faith, it produces fruits. It produces tangible results and growth physically and spiritually. So 
by praying and, and trusting God that, God, you're truly able to do this. I truly believe that you can do this. God will honor that. God will hear, uh, and God will then answer that prayer. Uh, Jane, and we'll go to James 4, 2. And, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask, and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss that you may consume it on your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So, you have not because you ask not. So prayer is asking God for what you need. We don't receive because we ask amiss. Prayer according to uh, fulfill our pleasures, earthly wants. Friendship with the world instead of friendship with him. So Bible teaches to pray according to God's will and plan. And uh, we'll go to Matthew twenty six thirty nine. So Jesus teaches us how to pray here. And the first thing that, that really stands out to me is, and he went a little farther and fell on his face. So Jesus goes a little farther. Sometimes we haven't gotten answers to our prayers because we haven't went far enough. God is calling us to go farther in him. He teaches us the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. So, uh, so we should all pray according to the spirit and, and not the flesh. So, so, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. So Jesus was teaching. Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. His flesh. So he prayed in his flesh. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So whose will are we praying? What are our wants, goals, desires? Are, are they ours or are they God's will? Jesus subjected his flesh desires. He said, let this cup pass from me. So his flesh desire was to let the cup pass from him. Amen. But he submitted that to the greater purpose and plan of his father. Notice that he was still honest about what he wanted in his flesh. 
So he wasn't super spiritual or above us, but he acknowledged that his first personal wish in his flesh was to not endure the cross, but that he was willing to humble and submit his own flesh to God's divine plan. Amen? So he put his prayer as, I goes underneath you, and your will supersedes my own. He submitted his own personal goals, desires, and wants to the Father's plan for him. And before he died physically on the cross, he had already died to his own will in the garden. Amen? So he died to his own, uh, what he wanted in his flesh. And he submitted himself to something greater. He submitted himself to the kingdom of his father. Uh, instead of saying, well, I can do this, this, this. I have these desires I want to get done in my life. I want to see this happen, this A, B, C, D. But instead of saying, I want to see all of these things come to pass, he submitted those and say, God, absolutely, I want all of those things. And I, I'll be honest with you, and I'll tell you, I want them. If that can happen, then I pray that. But nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but thine be done. So he prayed, it's not, I, I want these things, but I'll submit them to you. And I feel like that's what God wants us to do, that he wants us to have that heart that, God, I don't want to do this on my own. I, I want to submit this completely to you. I want to submit it to your plan. I want to submit it to your will. Amen? Uh, next, so prayer is the first key. The second key uh, we want to get to is fasting. And start with Ezra at 8.21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek him a right way for us and for our little ones and all our substance. So fasting is to humble ourselves before God and seek the right way from him for us, our families and our things. And we go to Ezra twenty eight twenty three. 23. So, so we fasted. And besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. So when we pray and fast, we get God's intention. And he hears and answers our prayers. So uh, fasting coupled with prayer, fast, put them both together, is a powerful thing. Because it unlocks, uh, it unlocks being able to get God's attention. Uh, start with Ezra 9.5. And at the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garments and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto Lord my God. So fasting, uh, he arose from heaviness, rent his garment. So fasting is rending ourselves. Fasting is putting our self down and letting God show up. Amen? Amen. 
Daniel, and we'll go through Daniel 9, 3. So, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So fasting, uh, fasting often accompanies prayer. Fasting is done to humble the flesh, deprive it of what it wants most, and allow God to speak to us. Sackcloth and ashes. So fasting is not meant to be comfortable or enjoyable but meant to put the flesh in subjection and let God's spirit speak to us and through us and allow God to operate more freely in us. So we'll do uh, Matthew six sixteen. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth thee in secret, shall reward thee openly. So fasting should, should be done in secret before God, not openly before everyone, but it's something between us and God and not men. The Pharisees fasted to get a notch in their spiritual belt and to be seen as more righteous than others. So they have their reward, Jesus said, public recognition. But we fast for the rewards that the Lord gives to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then last, my last verse on fasting, uh, Matthew seventeen twenty. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. So, uh, basically, Jesus is saying, This is a kind... Um, he, later in this passage, he said, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. So there's some things that won't be affected, that won't, um, uh, can never really change until you put prayer and mix it with fasting. Um, this kind, so it is this specific kind. Um, but notice he said that, and they, ca they had cast it out, um, they cast it out, the disciples couldn't cast out uh, this devil that was afflicting this man. And what happens is um, they come to Jesus and they ask him, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? And he comes, uh, Jesus said, well, again, because of your unbelief, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. So uh, there's, faith is tied to fasting and prayer. Faith is tied to prayer. Faith is tied to uh, all of these, it's tied to the word, it's tied to um, prayer, it's tied to fasting. Um, and last, I do want to um, go to the, the word. Um, so we'll do Psalms 119.11, Brother David. And I want to get through some of these scriptures that uh, highlights God's word and the power of God's word.
So, so the first one, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So struggling with sin, hide the word in your heart. Psalms 119.89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So God's word is settled. It's unchanging and strong like a rock. And we'll do uh, Psalms 119.105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So God's word is a lamp and a light to illuminate my steps and direction. So our direction comes from the Lord. Psalms 119, 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. And the New King James says great treasure. So God's word is a treasure better than silver and gold. Psalms 119, 170. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. Amen. So God's word delivers us. Ecclesiastes 8, 4. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? So where the word of a king is, there is power. God is the greatest king. Does that make sense? God is the greatest king, so where the word of God is, there's the greatest power. Then we'll go uh, Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered and said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we live off the bread of God's word. God's word is what feeds us. God's word is what fills us. And last uh, verse for, um, for the word is Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith cometh by hearing. Again, another one of these. So faith is activated through the word. It's activated through prayer. And it's activated through fasting. Amen. So I appreciate you uh, give, listening to this. And God bless the church. I'm thankful for what God's doing. And um, thank you, Brother Shostrand. And, and I'm glad that we don't have a meth lab in our church. <laughs> Although, if we did, we might have better business. No. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, but uh, we, we might have some, uh, some people in here that need God, but that's just not the way to do it, right? making uh, building fun. Thank you, Brother Matt. Let's give him a hand. Did a great, <laughs> great job. I, I uh, again, I, you know, the word, prayer, fasting, the word, these, these things are vital. And, and I know sometimes people misunderstand prayer as 
it it makes God do whatever, you know, ask and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. So I asked God for a put in the blank and he didn't do it. And therefore, God's not much of a God until he answers my prayer the way I want him to. I don't know if I can trust I, I, I. Prayer, as Brother Matt said, is to help us recognize who he is. He is God. I'm asking in a petition. You know, Paul said it like this. You remember in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and some of you may remember the verses, where he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. It was given to me a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what that was. Was it his eyes? Was it people? Uh, a messenger? Somebody that made fun of him? Somebody that picked at him? Somebody that said something? I don't know. A messenger of Satan to buffet me? Maybe it was the mental anguish, lest I should be exalted above measure. And, but something came. And for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice. Now, I know we say, you know, three strikes and you're out. And what does that mean? It, in Hebrew, when they said, I besought the Lord thrice, what it was like saying is, I besought the Lord again and again and again. Right. It could have been 333 times. Right. It wasn't just okay, Lord, give me this, give me this, give me this, and now I'm through. It was, I have, you remember the unjust judge, and the, I've been praying and pounding my fist. I fought the Lord again and again and again that whoever was making fun of him or if it was a physical condition or what, that the Lord would take it. And it didn't happen. But notice what he says, keep going. There in the ninth verse. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. When you, when you read that, and he said, most gladly therefore will I glorify, glory in my infirmities that the power of God, of Christ, may rest upon me. He said, what the Lord answered him was, if you will just glorify me, go back to that verse there, that the power, if you will glorify me while you're going through it, you will feel the power of God rest upon you. The Hebrew word is like spreading a tent out and it just falling down on you. If in the, when you're asking God and asking God, if in the moment of asking him, you will begin to say, Lord, I love you. I worship you. I, this is what I'd like for you to do, but I'm going to keep glorifying you and worshiping you. And I'm going to praise you. If I don't have any, I'll praise you till the last breath I breathe. You will feel the engulfing power of the Holy Ghost settle down and rest on you. Paul said, wow. Verse 10, he says, so guess what I do? 
He said, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches. I take pleasure in going through stuff. Because when I am weak, if I keep glorifying him, <laughs> I don't feel like praising that's the time I pray. I don't feel like raising a hand. That's when I raise. I don't feel like going to church. That's when I go. If I do that, I feel that settling power of the Holy Ghost settle down over me. Oh, go ahead. You can read. Uh, you know, what, what did I, I put down? Another verse there or, or something. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I know in whatsoever state I am in to be, what, what, what was it? Content. You know what that word means? When you look that up, it means to be sufficient. Whatever state I'm in, it's enough. Oh, but I, why? When I start feeling the power of Christ rest on me then I know it's going to be enough. And I think Paul understood this, and he tried to tell the Philippian church about it. Read it, read it in Philippians, and I know, just, just so that you understand this. Philippians, the fourth chapter, just two or three verses here. Paul told them not, he said, Philippians 4.11, he said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, I have Learn, and that phrase there, I have learned, in the Greek means I've been initiated into a secret. It's like I've got a secret handshake here, folks. I know a secret. I have learned this secret. Yeah. What was, he, he probably was referring to what he told the Corinthians, that the more I glorify God, when I am not getting my answer, the more I feel the strengthening power of God. And he said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. There's that word again. To be content, to be sufficient. Go ahead. What does he say? Next verse. I know how to be abased and how to be abound. And I know how to abound everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, he says, I can do. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth, in our language it would be in strengthens or Trying to make you understand in this Greek word, it means brings me up to the level. In other words, you know, when you go to a motel and you get in and you press a button and you say sixth floor and you're standing in the elevator and the elevator is on the ground floor, the first floor, and then something comes in and lifts the elevator up. And when you step off the elevator, you're at the sixth floor. The floor doesn't change in the elevator. It just raises up to the level where when you step off, you are at it. That's what prayer and fasting and the word begin to do. 
all of a sudden when the enemy comes in like a flood, when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I begin to pray and I begin to fast and I re read the word, I feel the surge of the, in, the engulfing presence of the Lord and I don't know how I can make it. I don't think I can make it. But then I get off and look, I'm on a whole different level. I feel the strengthening power of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And, and you know, One more verse, Colossians, the, fourth, the first chapter and the 11th verse. It, that phrase, and strengthens, and strengthens me. It's a whole thought. Did anybody, my family, my wife and my daughters drink tea. I, you may not drink tea. My mom, dad drink iced tea, but they like hot tea as well. Now they, my mother drinks coffee, but it's, I have a lot of tea at our house. Has anybody ever made a pot of tea? You know, technically, you're not drinking tea. You're drinking water that has been infused by tea. Tea. You can take a hot pot of water and just pour a little tea in it. And all of a sudden, all the properties of the water change. What are you saying? That's what happens when the presence of the Lord begins to hover over us. Just takes an ordinary pot of water. It's not me, but there's something that settles down, makes a whole different... You, you, Paul said here, last verse, strengthen, infused. That's what that means. With all might. Oh, I wish I had power. Uh, Pastor, I would like to be able to say COVID be gone. I would like to, oh, I would like it to be all power, all might, according to his glorious power. I'd like to be able to walk up to every hospital room. I'd like to be able to say, be healed in Jesus' name. I would too. And that's what we view as power and might. What did Paul call it? Power, glorious power and might unto Oh, 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 I wanted to say, rise and be healed. You know what? Seeing Brother Tracy, Brother Tim, some of these people walk with patience yes. through every valley. Oh, takes more power, yes. takes more might, more glorious power yes. than all of a sudden saying, boom, I'm healed. My journey's over. Huh? Living unto all patience and oh. I want dunamis power to say to the hospital, all of those in the hospital, immediate healing. I do too. There's nothing wrong with praying for that. But let me tell you, what Paul was saying is, I have 
been initiated into another secret. There is some power that is just as strong to be able to wake up every morning and say, I still love you, Lord. I'm still thankful for you, Lord. I'm still going through it, but I'm still going to praise you, Lord. There is some power that went, oh, I, you know, I saw the progress that I could go through. Brother Clark and, uh, you know, uh, Brother Gaston and others that have been going through things week after week. There is more strength and more power to keep worshiping and praising and magnifying God with all glorious power, with all long suffering I'm telling you what is that called long suffering power that's called patient power and doing it with what's the last word <laughs> oh I'm just telling you I'm about fed up with COVID I about lost my joy with some of this and the Lord says uh uh remember I got a different way of infusing you with power. You may have been asking again and again and again, but I want you to start worshiping me and let the glory, oh, let's stand. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Get a hold of the word. Get a hold of prayer. Get a hold of fasting. Why? So that the glorious power, the power of the Lord may rest on you so that you can raise a hand and be rejoiced in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the shadow. I don't want to go through it. I don't either. But I want you to know I have 